Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. I'm excited about the word of the Lord this morning. I feel something burning on my heart for the house and for you as individuals. I'm going to begin reading, and it'll be up on the screen if for whatever reason. Um, yes. And it says this, Beloved, everybody say Beloved. Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. I want you to look at somebody right now. I want you to say to them, you have no idea who you're sitting next to. Come on, wake up this morning. Look at your second choice and say, you have no idea who you're sitting next to. There is greatness sitting next to you. There's somebody who's filled with purpose sitting next to you. It says, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In other words, we haven't seen all that God has for us yet. Amen? We're in the developmental stage in our walk with the Lord. But we know that when he is revealed, meaning Jesus, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everybody say amen. amen. The most appealing thing to me about God is that he is not only a promise-making God, he's a promise-keeping God. Other than, of course, that he made the heavens and the earth. He put the stars into motion. He hung every one of them in the sky. The Bible says that he has them all named individually. That's a whole lot of names. You had a problem naming all your four children. God has named all the stars. I mean, he put the ecosystem into motion. He put all the birds in the air, all the, created all the fish in the sea, created all the rivers and the streams in the earth. God put everything in motion. He's a creator. And those are amazing things. But somehow, I, in my mind, when we think about the grandeur of God, how big he is in all of his creation, sometimes it creates a gap or a gulf between us and him. And if you're not careful, you can get caught into the, this erroneous thinking that he's only concerned with really big things. After all, God's really busy keep, keep him up, keeping up with creation. Amen? But he's not only concerned with just big things, he's, call, he's concerned about small things. Amen? And I think we miss sometimes the fact that God is concerned with the promises, even the small and the large ones, that he has made over your life and has for your life. I was reading this morning, I was just studying just a little bit, and I found out that there's somewhere between five and 8,000 promises throughout the Bible. Promises that God has made to his people. So God is not just concerned with the big overall picture. And I think sometimes, not only people as Christians, but people in the world who believe that there is a God, that we just get caught up in thinking that he's just really, really busy. And we don't wanna bother him with our prayers. We don't wanna bother him in prayer about, you know, Lord, fulfill these certain promises in my life because God forbid, if he lets go of the earth, it might spin on its axis and maybe the sun would come crashing into it and destroy all of humanity. He's just too busy for me. He's too busy to answer my specific prayers or to see the promises through that he has in my life through. 
Amen? I want to minister from a subject this morning. It's called In Between Process and Promise. I want everybody to say that. In Between Process and Promise. And I love the fact that God has a promise for my life. And I love the fact that he has a promise for your specific life. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or 80, God has a promise for your life. He has a destiny for your life. He has a purpose for your life. If you're 80, he has a purpose for you to maybe impact your grandson or your granddaughter. If you're 18, there's many things that God wants you to do before you have your last breath on this earth. I want you to look at somebody and say, I have an assignment to fulfill. I have an assignment to fulfill. Point number one, I want you to know this because sometimes when we have a promise in our life, we get frustrated when we find ourselves in the process because oftentimes he reveals the promise, but he doesn't disclose the process. Has anybody in their walk with the Lord, is there anybody other than me that has had an amazing promise, maybe a prophecy, and by the way, if you're new, either new to the faith or new at church or new to the Christianese that we speak, when somebody gives you a word, that means they're speaking something or they're foretelling something that God shared with them about you. So I have stood in prayer lines and I've gotten words, oh, you're gonna be a minister, you're gonna be a pastor. Little did I know that there was gonna be a 17-year process between becoming a pastor and developing, amen? And sometimes we can get caught up or get frustrated when God reveals that promise and it doesn't happen overnight because we live in a generation when everybody wants everything now. God, you called me to do this right now. Why isn't it happening? And if you're not careful, you will lose sight of the promise and it will be drowned out by the process that God uses to bring you to the promise. And it's important that you embrace this process in your walk with the Lord so not only you don't lose sight of it, but you don't grow weary while you're doing good. Amen? So point number one, process precedes promise. I want you to stay awake with me and so I want you to repeat that. Process precedes promise. You cannot fulfill the promises of God in your life or reach them until you go through a process, a process. Amen. That goes with life in general. When I think about my mom, when I think about cooking, everything has a process. I told her the other day and it almost made her cry. I said, mom, I can taste the love in your cooking. And I really meant that. If you blindfolded me, and had 10 different meals in front of me and I did a taste test, I can taste my mom's cooking because I can guarantee you that there's nine of them that are missing just a little bit of love. And it's not that those people didn't cook, it's that they didn't use the same process of love that my mom uses in her food when she cooks for me. Amen? And so some, when you eat certain foods, you can, you can tell that someone either has skipped a process or they speeded up the process. I was shaving not that long ago and my son Cohen was like, Daddy, I wanna do that. And I have one of them, what do they call them, schlegs with the three-pronged blade on them. Where are the, all the guys at with a beard? If you have a beard, you'll know what I'm saying. And I was shaving and I have cut myself before. Now, Cohen doesn't realize it that one day this thing will be a blessing, but right now it's a curse. And because he hasn't been through the process yet, of shaving and practicing, he's not qualified to use a specific razor blade. And there are certain things that God is not doing in our specific lives, not because he's not planning to do this thing in your life. It's not that he's not planning for that promise to be fulfilled. It's that you are in a process to get to the promise. 
Amen? And sometimes we can get frustrated like the children of Israel did when they were promised to go to the promised land when they were in Egypt, but they ended up at the Red Sea. Amen? And sometimes we end up at the Red Sea and we, cannot, we, we allow the Red Sea to blind us from the promise. Amen? That goes with a school, that goes with a career. I, I own a company uh, on the side, so I, I pastor full-time, but I also, I work full-time. Amen? And... Um, it's quite a juggle. And I have a process. For about 17 years, I've been hiring and firing people. About 17 years. So I have developed this pretty lengthy process when it comes to uh, potentially hiring someone. First of all, they have to send me a resume and I make sure that their credentials meet the certain qualifications that I'm looking for. And if they pass those certain credentials and I think that they may have the work ethic that would add to our company, I will you know, give them a phone call and we'll conduct a phone interview. And there's about a 20 something question interview that I conduct. And if they pass that, then I put them on a two week trial. I don't hire them right away because I've had people that have come to work for me that have passed all these specific areas. And then they come to work for me. And that second week in, I look at their resume and I look at them. I look back at their resume and I look at them and there's, there's, there's something that's completely off. And what that was telling me is somehow they floated under the radar and flew under the radar and they knew the lingo, but you can tell they may have known how to answer the questions, but they hadn't been the process. They haven't been through the process. They haven't been through the process enough to get and earn where they were. Amen. And God uses processes as well. And so before we inherit the promise that God has called us to, or he's placed over our life, there's a, there a process that we have to go through in order to get there. There's one thing I do not like about God, and is the fact that he is in no rush to fulfill the promises in our lives. You just ask Lazarus. He waited four days and waited till he was dead and stinky and wrapped in grave clothes and then God showed up on the scene because he's always on time, amen? Just on time. There's a, there's a quote that I, that, I, that I heard the other day and I love this quote and I believe that this is greatly the reason why the Lord is so slow about bringing the promise because he wants to make sure that you're ready for it. And it says this, don't allow your giftings to bring you where your character cannot. Don't allow your giftings to bring you where your character cannot. It's because difficulty, hardship, pain, and process has a way of getting you ready for the promise so that when the promise gets there, your poor character doesn't ruin it. Oh, y'all aren't talking to me. Amen. And so sometimes God will use difficulty, hardship, pain, and disappointment. We call it difficulty. God calls it process. We call it a mess. God calls it a process. God uses processes to get you to the promise. Amen. Have you ever smelled your grandmother's cooking? How many have grandmothers in this room or had a grandmother at any time in their life. I, my, see, um, I love especially Southern cooking. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm from the South. I'm an Orlando native, I guess. That, is that the South? I'm, okay, no. Well, I'm still Southern because my dad from, I was from up North. I, I still kind of try to cover up my um, Southern 
talk. I was just kind of raised around cornbread, um, lima beans, and you know, ham and mashed potatoes. Come on, Southern food. And every five or so minutes, especially around Thanksgiving, when my mom and all of the families would get together, you would smell this sweet-smelling aroma. I mean, you would smell apple pie. You would smell key lime pie. You would smell the turkey and the ham. We didn't just do one meat. They'd add like three, you know, turkey, ham, and something else. And um, every five minutes or so, you know, I would get impatient. And I would say, is it, is it ready yet? As a matter of fact, this past week, I did the same thing with my wife. My wife cooked, cooked this Spanish food, and I thought it was ready, and so I walk in there, I smelled it, and I was just gonna taste it, but little did I know it was uncooked. And, and, so, and so sometimes we can smell our promise in our life, but not realize that God knows more than you do, and it's just still in the oven cooking. He's still preparing it. I was thinking about this scripture. You want a scripture for that? And this is the reason why I think that we struggle many times, amen? It's because we don't realize the reason that God continues to put us on the fire is because we're not ready. We're not well done. There's a scripture, I believe it's found in Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke 19. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. And I believe that God many times when we're not ready for that promise and we're frustrated, we're right in the middle of it, we're right in the process and God pulls that thing out of the oven because it's in process. And God will simply look at that thing or look at us in our lives and say, listen, son, you're not ready yet. I'm gonna fulfill this thing in your life, but it's just not done yet. I'm still preparing you. I'm preparing situations. I'm preparing circumstances. If you'll just give it a little bit more cooking time, it'll be ready, amen? Because if you eat something before it's time, oftentimes if all the bacterias are not cooked out of it, it can hurt you and not help you. And so many times when God is in the process, he knows better than we do because he has the vantage point to see that all the stars aren't lined up yet. Amen? To help you get to your promise. Amen? And that promise might mean many things because we have lots of different people in this room this morning. You know, somebody, have a, somebody in this room has a promise to own a business. Amen? There's somebody who simply wants to be a stay-at-home mom or just to raise children and to be a wife. There's somebody that, that is in this room that just wants to do something great for God. Maybe, maybe there's somebody in this room that wants to do full-time ministry. Or maybe there's somebody in this room who has a ministry and wants to see God do greater things in greater measure. Or maybe there's somebody in this room who is lacking in finances and you just believe that God is gonna use you in the kingdom to have kingdom finances so that you can help expand the kingdom financially and be a blessing to others. I don't know what your promise is this morning. But I know that God is faithful and in due season, you will reap if you faint not. If you stay committed to the process, if you stay on task, if you continue to hold on to the horns of the altar and not let go, God will prove himself faithful and deliver that promise to you. Amen? Come on, y'all aren't awake this morning. Help me preach this thing this morning. We serve a faithful God. We serve a faithful God. Number two, Embrace the process. Don't reject it. Look at somebody and say, embrace the process. Embrace the process. Don't reject it. Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says this. It'll be up on the screen. You may take notes uh, if you'd like. And it says this. Enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. 
if it were easy entering into the promises of God, everybody would be getting there. But it is a difficult way oftentimes, amen? And oftentimes, God uses heartache and pain. He will, he, will, he will allow disappointment in your life because he knows that it's a process to get you to the promise, to get you ready. I'm gonna harp on that a whole lot this morning because I believe there's some people this week, the Lord's been ministering to my heart that there is somebody in this room that is in between process and promise. You're on the brink of giving up. You're frustrated. You know that God is about to do something, but he's just not doing it. And you keep praying and you're believing and you can't see God at work in your life. And I have the word of the Lord this morning for you. And, that, and, and the word is this, God is at work even when you can't see him at work. God is about to fulfill something and somebody's life. I don't know who it is, but you better lay hold of it by faith. You're on the brink of something great. And if you will hold on and you will stay dedicated to the process, you will see God's promise come to pass in your life. Amen. Yes. I feel that for somebody this morning. Amen. And I would love to say that, 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 that everything that God does and maybe creates in your life is of the Lord. Like that's difficult, but that's not often true. Sometimes, and I realize that the enemy is at work too. Come on, there's an enemy in this world called the devil. Amen, Do you, did you know that? That's like a cuss word these days, the devil. Yes, there is a devil. Yes, we do have an enemy at work who causes, you know, uh, the plan of God to get frustrated and delayed in our lives. I believe that. But there are three different methods that God uses, I believe. He uses himself, and if, and if he can't do that, he'll use the enemy. Oh, I know that doesn't sound very biblical to you. Just ask Job. Test my servant Job. And if he doesn't use that, he'll use your own hand. So if God's hand doesn't work, he'll use yours. What I mean by that is he'll often use your mistakes. He'll often use the things that you inflict on yourself to still accomplish his will. God works out what? All things together. Come on, Romans 8, 28. God works out all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, those who love the Lord. I looked up that uh, word in Hebrew, all. I looked up all, and I looked it up in the Greek, in the Hebrew, and in the Aramaic, and it all meant the same thing. It meant all. That means all things, everything, everything. He will use the divorce. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me this morning. He will use bankruptcy. He will use your poor decisions. He will use your poor relational decisions. He will use heartache. He will use pain to accomplish his purpose and his will in the earth. So it doesn't matter what you've gone through. God still works out all things together for the good. No matter how scattered the pieces of your life look, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what your decisions has caused in your life, God works out things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, those who love him, all things. That means he will use that sickness in your life. He will use that heartache in your life. He will use the mistakes. He will use the financial problems, the lack. He will use the mountains that you're facing in your life to still work out his plan. Why? Because it's for, his, for your good and for his glory. Amen? And when you fully get committed to the process, he is fully committed to seeing it come to pass, but we must be committed to the process. And it is indeed a process, let me tell you. And if any other minister or anybody tells you any differently, they're lying to you. Amen? It is a process. Number three, I love this one. Is everybody awake this morning? Number three, proclaim the promise. So while you're waiting, although it is a process, we talked about point number one, which was what? What was point number one? I'm seeing if you're listening. Process precedes promise. 
Amen? Embrace the process. But while you're in the middle of it, waiting on the promise, it is absolutely critical. Say it's critical. It's critical that you proclaim the promise. Proclaim the promise. I want you to read this with me. It's up on the screen. It's in the amplified version. You'll see me read various versions. I mainly stick with the New King James, my favorite, but I think it's necessary um, for the point I'm trying to drive home. And it says this in Isaiah 62, verse six through seven in the amplified version. It says this, I have set a watchman upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day or night. You who are his servants and by your prayers, watch this, Put the Lord in remembrance of his promise. Do not keep silent and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise on the earth. Listen, remind God of his promises. It's not that God has amnesia or he has forgotten you, but there's something about using your faith to remind God of what he told you he was gonna do that provokes you, that provokes, I'm sorry, heaven to work on your behalf. You wanna know how I know this works? How many has kid, have kids in here? How many have grandkids in here? So that's just about everybody. I just recently taught my son my, the secret on how God works, and that is reminding him. So the other day, so I often say this, yes, son, um, I'll do that for you. Just remind me Later. Those, those three words, remind me later. And so my wife has get, been getting extremely annoyed that he has found out this secret from heaven, that reminding his dad often enough, he knows he's gonna get his way sooner or later. And so, you know, I told him, you know, we were gonna go outside or do something outside. And my wife's trying to get me to do things around the house. We're trying to pack our things and we're in the process of moving and all of this fun stuff. And so all day long for almost eight hours straight, he kept saying this phrase, remember what you said daddy. Remember what you said, daddy. Daddy wasn't going to forget. I had no intention on forgetting. I had every full intention on doing this thing with him, going outside and playing with him, but he would not stop asking me. As a matter of fact, I got to the point where I started just ignoring him. And my wife said, Cohen, your daddy's going to do it. Just give him some time. He's really, really busy right now. But there's something to be said about the child of God who reminds God, Daddy, you remember what you told me. Daddy, you said you were going to build this ministry for me. Daddy, you said you were going to come through me, for, for, come through for me financially. Daddy, you said you were going to bless me with a husband. Daddy, you said you were going to bless me with a wife. Daddy, you said me you were going to bless me with this specific promise. There's something to be said about getting into the face of heaven and asking God, not only asking him, but proclaiming and reminding him of his promises so that it provokes heaven on your behalf. Amen? So proclaim the promises of God. When you're in the waiting, we don't just wait. We beckon heaven and we remind the Lord of what he said. Take him at his word. God loves to be challenged at his word. Amen? He loves to be reminded. I've even done it at work. You know, there's people who said, you know, I, I've made a certain commitment at work, and I would simply say to them, you know, remind me later. And oftentimes it would take them reminding me over and over again. Sometimes it will cause heaven to expedite things on your behalf. Sometimes things will be delayed, not because God doesn't want to do them, but he wants to see if you believe him for his word. Amen. And there's something to be said about the person who lays hold of the promises by faith versus the person who just waits around and, and says silly things like, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I told you what Reinhard Bunke said to me when I told him that. If you weren't here, that's for another day. Amen. Do you want me to say it again? 
I'm sitting with Reinhard Bunky eating. He, did you know he eats fried chicken with a fork and a knife? How many know who Reinhard Bunky is? Okay. So I'm sitting with Reinhard. This is about eight years ago. And I'm still kind of wet behind the ears. And, you know, I'm doing ministry. He didn't know it at the time. We just happened to be sitting at the table and he's sitting next to me and we're kind of just talking. And he recognized me from, um, I was doing work on his facility and, and such. And um, he just, in his German strong accent, he asked me, you know, um, why aren't you in full-time ministry? And I said the stupidest thing, you know, a guy like me could ever say to an evangelist at that caliber. I don't know, if you don't know who Reinhard Bonnke is, he's a German evangelist who, who's most, uh, most of his work and his evangelistic campaigns are conducted in Africa. You know, there are some in excess in one meeting, same meeting, uh, 1.3, 1.6 million in one meeting. So amazing crowds, over 50 years of, years of ministry, amazing man of God. People have recorded uh, being raised from the dead, just an amazing, amazing man of God. He says to me, why aren't you in full-time ministry? And so I said, I'm waiting on the Lord. He looks, oh, I mean, he doesn't even just look at me. He leans over the table. And if I were any closer, he would have grabbed me by the collar of my shirt. And he says, God waits on you. <laughs> he scared me. I'm like, and, and a man like that, you don't challenge him. But, but I, thought, I thought, how true is that, that, that God is waiting for us to be processed. He, he's already at the promise. That's why his, the Bible says he knows the end at the very beginning. God is already at your finish line. He's just waiting for you to catch up. He's waiting for you to be obedient. He's waiting for you to walk by faith. He's waiting for you to enter into the promise by faith and by taking a step of faith and laying hold. Amen? That's what moves heaven. Walking into the promise. He's not waiting on anything. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on you and me. Amen. Don't you just love his word? There's a scripture I love. I love in Psalms 138 verse two, and it says this, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name forevermore, your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above your name. I love that. That means God values his name I'm sorry, he values his word above his name. He values his promise, his word, the Bible, amen, above his name. So when you lay hold of it and take him at his word, God sees personally to it to fulfill that thing because he values it so very much. It's not like when you talk to your spouse and they tell you they're gonna take out, your, take out the trash. It's not like when someone says, yes, I promise I'm gonna be there at a specific time. People break promises, we're humans, but God holds his word above his name. Amen. And he will personally see to it that he fulfills it in due time if you embrace the process. So no matter how bleak your situation is, it is critical. Everybody say it's critical. It is critical that you proclaim the promises back to God. And one of you might say, you know, I don't have to remind God all the time. He, he's not forgetful. He knows my situation. Let me tell you something. That sounds spiritual, but it's not. Amen? There is something to be said of the person who partners with God. We must partner. It is up to us to believe God and to proclaim it. It's up to him to fulfill it. Amen? But there's a partnership. There's a collaboration between us and God that we must work, amen, with heaven to see those promises come to pass. We believe, we step out, God moves the mountain. We speak to it, God moves the mountain. Amen? We step out in faith and God will move on our behalf. 
Number four, and I'm gonna close. I know this is a short message. I know y'all are hungry. We have Tijuana Flats waiting on you guys here pretty soon. Number four, I love this. Practice the promise. Practice the promise. Now, what do I mean by that? Practice for the promise. I have to tell you this. I know that we opened these doors about eight months ago with nobody to come to church. I was like, let me just open the doors. Open the doors, just hope people show up. But let me tell you this. This church existed in my heart 17 years ago. And I was, all those years, I was practicing. I was practicing for the promise. I would preach to myself. I would look in that mirror. I would grab the word of God. I know it sounds funny, but I was practicing. It's not so funny because that's exactly what David did before. God used the process of the lion and the bear before David killed Goliath. But all the while he was on the backside of that desert, what was he doing? Practicing. With his sling and his stone, he was practicing for that promise. He was practicing to become king. He didn't realize what he was practicing for. But day by day, practicing, tending those sheep, killing the lion and the bear. And so if you're gonna really truly see your promise come to pass, you must practice for the promise. Position yourself in the spirit. Talk to yourself like you are already in your promise. I don't care what it is. If it's something financial, prophesy and practice. Walk and hold your head up high like God's already blessed you with that specific thing. You lay hold of it by faith and declare that you already have it. Amen? No matter what it is. I, I, quoted, I quoted something recently, and, and I, of course, I was gonna say I love this quote. Of course I do, I wrote it. And it says this, one of God's greatest gifts is a waiting room. A gift that allows you adequate time to practice for your destiny. Amen? If I can get the worship team. God will stick you in a waiting room, not because he wants you to sit and wait, not so he can give you time to gnaw at your fingernails and worry and doubt whether or not he's gonna do it. He's giving you time to practice for what he's gonna do in your life. There's certain things that aren't moving in your life right now because God wants to give you the time and the space to practice and fail privately so that when he exposes you publicly, come on, y'all aren't saying nothing to me. God will get you to practice in private before he exposes you publicly. And so while you're sitting there waiting, and I don't know what that promise is, and you might, you can stand to your feet. I don't know what that promise is. But as you're sitting in that waiting room and you're waiting on that promise, I want you to do a few things for me. I want you to know that process precedes the promise. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.